0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn
1: Beck. All right. Let's face facts on a couple of things. First of all, Google is the ultimate big brother facebook is the current scapegoat for all of our paranoia about technology and privacy and data collection and social media but that is really only coming to the masses because of politics that's it they're just the first megatech company to have something go wrong in a big way and have it go wrong in a big way revolving around politics but they're not going to be the last and if you think facebook is bad have you checked out what google is up to Google knows and stores an insane amount of information about you that you probably don't know about. One of the most alarming is that it constantly tracks your location and travel times between locations. Google logs your hobbies, your career, your gender, your age, your interests, your possible income, and even your possible weight. Easy there, Google. Google also knows all of your YouTube history which means they have a pretty good idea of your religious and political leanings. They also have your emails, even the deleted ones. The good news, if you can say there's good news in this situation, is that you can log into your Google account and view your personal data and tracking history, and supposedly even delete things you don't want King Google to keep in their filing cabinet in the dungeon. You can even download it as one giant file, just... Don't try to print it, because it will be several million pages on you. A spokesperson for Google told NBC that uh, they should be aware of their online privacy choices and review them regularly. Right, right. And it's true, the burden is on us to track down what every tech company knows and stores about you and figure out how to turn it off. The problem is, do you have time to do that for every app? Yeah, me neither. The director of the nonprofit Center for Digital Democracy in Washington says Google has built a global commercial surveillance machine that rivals what the NSA or other intelligence agencies can gather in order to become the leading global digital digital advertising company. Some say handing over our personal data by the bucket load is the price we pay for free web services. You can make that case. The problem is Google has the world over a barrel at this point. Um, w- what are we? What are we going to do? Stop googling stuff.
0: Nothing. It's Tuesday, April third. <laughs> this <laughs> is the Glenn Beck program.
1: It's not going to
2: happen. Did you say that they could detect your weight? That's a shut up. You are fat. <laughs> That's not a good. Uh, that's not something I want my my Alexa yelling at me as I walk by. Uh, this. I, I did you see the article in the New York Times about this? By the way, I, I had. I want to hear your opinion on this because this is some of this is nuts. This is stuff that they've actually filed for because everyone has these scare like these weird visions of what might happen with this technology, right? You don't. Who knows what it's going to be. This is. These are things that they've actually already filed for. Uh-huh. Each company has, uh, and this is talking about Google and, and um, Amazon. Each company has filed patent applications, many of them still under consideration, that outray, uh, outline an array of possibilities for how devices like these could monitor what users say and do. Because uh-huh. a lot of people are freaked out that it's recording you all the time. Uh-huh. And they say, no, no, it's not. It's not doing that. You have to say, hey, Alexa, or hey, Google, or whatever uh-huh. it is. And I'm sorry, sorry about that Yeah, sorry about everybody in America 22% of Americans, by the way, now have these devices in their homes already So this is pretty We already gave
1: them our fingerprints Remember in the, ah, oh, I remember when I was young and naive And I said, I'll never give fingerprints You don't give fingerprints You don't, uh, how, the the government wants a collection of all of our fingerprints Apple has it now
2: Oh, yeah, but that saved you a good half second. I know. Um,
1: and I know. now... We gave it away. We're giving all of our information away. We're giving all of the private conversations we have with our spouses and with our families. We're just giving it away. And by the way, I have the
2: iPhone 10. I I can't believe the ancient times that used to be putting my fingerprint uh, on, on this thing. <laughs> now it's just my face, and it saves me... You know, a good Do you like it? quarter of a second. Do you like it? I love it. Yes. I cannot believe I. That ever is it. Whatever, you're it a time. To t- whatever you're about to whatever you're about to tell me.
1: I will tell you how it's going to be packaged and how it's going to be used and how you're going to say I can't live without it. This is why I bring it to you.
3: Yes.
2: Here we go.
1: Amazon, in one set of app, uh, patent applications,
2: has a quote voice sniffer algorithm. <laughs> it could be used on an array of devices like tablets, ebook readers. And he would analyze audio in real time, when he hears words like love, bought, or dislike, absolutely, a diagram included with the application illustrates how a phone call between two friends could result in one receiving an offer for the San Diego Zoo and the other seeing an ad for a
1: wine of the month membership. Okay. So let me tell you, let me let me show you this, and this is this is why this. I've I've got to write this book because it's been in my mind for a long time and I can explain it and it will all make sense to you when you see it in its totality. It sounds crazy, but it won't be crazy in 10 years. Imagine you're having a conversation and uh, you're just talking to a friend. They're over at your house Mm -hmm. and uh, you're talking about dream vacations. Okay. Oh, I would love... Love to go to Hawaii. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, yeah. Blah 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 blah. You're talking about all of this, and you say in there, but I can't afford it. I can't do this. I can't do that. Blah blah blah. Google's listened to all of this. It's heard. It separates you from your friend. Now, tomorrow morning, when you get up, Google says to you, you're not it's not gonna throw an ad your way, it's gonna say, Hey Stu. I heard you were talking to Glenn last night, and you said you'd love to go to Hawaii, but you couldn't afford it. I've been working tonight, and I found some really great prices. You can use Airbnb, which you and Lisa would really like. There'd be room for the kids, and if you take this flight, you can actually save a ton of money. I've already checked your banking account, and I know what (laughs) bills you have, I can find a way to spread this payment out for you so it really doesn't cost you anything. You want to go? That's what's coming. Like it's a good it's actually someone with knowledge
2: of your finances knowledge and knowledge of-, of your preferences that is going to be convincing in an argument Correct. about about it. Correct. Okay, so 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 oh, wow.
1: so, so, so l- let me let me go a step further. There is a hotel. Um it is the best hotel. It's voted one of the best hotels in the world. It is always one or two in the Western Hemisphere, and it's the the peninsula of Beverly Hills. I've stayed at the peninsula of Beverly Hills, and it's worth every single penny that you pay for this experience. If you are going, you um, you know, for, you want to do anniversary or something, and you want to go to a great hotel, um, there's no hotel I've ever stayed like this. What they do is they have a meeting, and this is all documented, it's, it's in it's in uh, magazines um, that you should read, I mean, it's incredible what they do. Um, they have a meeting in the morning, and they have it at like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, and the general manager comes in and says, okay, here's who's coming in, and here's who's leaving today. And they have photos of all of your kids, they have photos of you, they have photos of your family, they have photos of your friends, they have photos complete records of everything that you ordered and did and if you've stayed there before and you've stayed there more than once they'll see if there was any pattern for instance i would go and i would have i would have a bowl of strawberries uh, before i would go to bed and i stayed there this is years ago i stayed there a couple of times and i ordered a bowl of strawberries before i went to bed as a dessert well I left, I had meetings, I came back, and lo and behold, without me ordering, there was a bowl of strawberries there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they remembered. <laughs> when, I, when I went there one time with my family, they opened the door of the cab, and my son was the first to get out. And my son, he, he'd been there once, once, one night, like two years before. They opened up the door, and the doorman, the guy who's just opening up the cab, he looked at Rafe and said, Master Rafe, welcome back. I was like, holy (laughs) cow. Mm. And they do this. They have to know because people come, and they come with their mistresses, and so in part of that meeting is okay he was here last week but he was here with his mistress this year or this week he's back but he's with his wife so the last time you saw him was four months ago All right, I mean it's insane but this is what they do you know without electronics this is what you pay lots of money for if you're wealthy people stay there because it's total service that you don't have to think google and amazon are going to be able to do that for you for free in your own life it will notice the patterns and it will just make those things happen for you now how is that bad people are going to like they are that going to, love this. to not care about the privacy stuff. You Everything, make. you know, we forget that we look and say, oh my gosh, you know, a big flat screen TV. Well, when the first flat screen TV came out, it was $10,000. Now you can get them for 300 bucks. The same thing is happening with service. Services is what really sets the wealthy apart. You don't have a secretary. Well, you do now with Google Home you don't have somebody that has you know that is that is a alice from you know the brady bunch that is ordering all the groceries and doing all the shopping and everything yes you do it's alexa yes you do so all of these things that were only had by the rich they're now going down to everyone's level if you can afford a google home you now will be able to live the life of a very wealthy person It's not there yet, obviously. No, but but it will be soon. Moving fast. So it's good. You're going to want those things. All right, go ahead.
2: Okay, so Google also submitted a patent application. Um, And they own Nest as well. So they have Mm. lots of different ways to look Mm -hmm. at you. Um, One application details how audio monitoring could help detect that a child is engaging in mischief by, at first, using speech patterns to identify a child's presence then it could try to sense movement while listening for whispers or silence and even a program a smart speaker to provide a verbal warning to your child this is again this is what they're looking at a separate application uh, regarding uh, stop
1: you're going to want that how many parents uh, every it's parent though. says every parent says hang on i haven't heard the children in a while <laughs> it's <too> there's quiet. <laughs> always trouble it's too quiet <laughs> yeah. right mm-hmm. so You have Google doing that for you and then saying, hey, kids, stop whispering. I can hear you. That that is now. And what parent we have all relinquished our parent parental responsibility to the school, to the television, to society. What's better than this? This is something that's going to regulate our children and discipline our children and make sure so I can go do the things that I want to do.
2: And also, it's going to—I mean, th- there's a larger conversation to, to have here about what it's training your children to be to uh, accept. Really? Right? Like, huh. where you, are they going to care about government monitoring when they grow up No. after that life? No.
1: Are they going to? Are they going to be shaped into? Saying things, for instance, if Google decides that something is politically incorrect, but you don't in a household believe that that's politically incorrect, is Google going to shape your children and say, by the way, kids, most people, I know your family doesn't, but most people believe, do they believe Google, the all-knowing, the all-seeing, or do they believe mom and dad?
2: It talks about uh, how they can detect your mood in your home uh, with these patents eventually. The same application outlines how a device could quote, quote, recognize a T-shirt on the floor of a user's closet, end quote, bearing Will Smith's face and combine that with browser history that shows searches for Will Smith to provide a movie recommendation that displays you seem to like Will Smith. His new movie is playing at a theater near you. They're going to look in my closet. You don't want to look in my closet. You don't want to look in my closet. That's not a good place to look people's you don't want eyes in there you don't want eyes in there Poor go- go-
1: amazon yeah. will kill itself you already have eyes in your closet you already have eyes in your house you already have eyes i want to gouge
2: my head. own eyes out when i walk in my closet i, do too. A- I yes. do
1: too but those eyes if you take your phone and you haven't covered your your microphone you haven't covered your uh camera on your phone and you charge it next to your bed every there are eyes already in your bedroom And everything that you do and say while that phone is sitting next to your bed is recorded. It has the ability to be heard, has the ability to be seen. You have the ability to be the next star in the next famous knitting film or whatever it is you might be doing (laughs) in your bedroom. It's not knitting.
2: Uh, Last uh, part here they did deny this of course Amazon and Google they didn't deny that these are their real applications and these are the exact same things that they came up with to do with this technology but they did say they filed a, a number of forward looking patent applications that explore the full possibilities of new technology and Google wants you to know that all of their products are designed with user privacy in mind. Ah, So that makes me feel completely fine. Yes, they're going to be looking at the t-shirts on the floor of your closet and combining it with your search history. God knows where that ends up. But it's with user privacy in mind. So don't worry.
1: By the way, did anybody notice that uh, the Pentagon has decided to keep all of the Pentagon files in the new... Amazon secure cloud. Oh, Oh. so the government is merging a little bit with Amazon and Google. That's fantastic. Let me take a minute here to tell you about our uh, sponsor, FilterBuy. I love this company. First of all, if you need—this is so unsexy—you need new filters. You can go to Home Depot or you can just go to com, and you can uh, have all of the filters that you need and you can even, you know, select. You don't have to do this, but you can select, hey, I want one, a new one every three months or every six months, whatever you're supposed to do with your filter, uh, and it'll come to your door. But let me tell you the story. Five years ago, the founder of this was a big Wall Street guy. Uh, he had a big title uh, and he was, um, uh, you know, very successful and everything else. And then he found out that the supply business that his grandfather had started in 1958 was uh, had just taken a beating after 2008. And it was about to go after go out of business and all of these jobs would be lost. So he decided to quit his big Wall Street job and bought the business because he didn't want to lose the jobs and he didn't want to lose the history that his grandfather had done. So he took this business and he saw, okay, so it's outdated now. But if I change it, if what can we make, what could we do? What could we do here in America and do better than anybody else? That's why he came up with FilterBuy. They now employ over 100 people. All of their air filters are are made right there in Alabama in, in his grandfather's old shop. They're shipped free within 24 hours, and you can set up auto delivery and save 5% on top. 600 si- uh, sizes available, including custom options. You're going to find the right filter for your home or your, for, for your business. You got to change it. Do business with people who do business right. Do business with somebody who cares about the jobs in America, and they care about making a better product here in America and getting it to you. They want to service you. Go to FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com.
0: Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck.
2: I glossed over this one, but a separate application regarding personalizing content for people while respecting their privacy noted that voices could be used to determine a speaker's mood mm. using the, quote, volume of the user's voice. Detected breathing rate, crying, Mm. and so forth. Mm. Also, medical condition based on detected coughing, sneezing, and so forth.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: What the heck are they doing with that? Okay,
1: so I think there's a couple of things here is the good spin on it. If somebody is going to be in a domestic dispute, Google will be able to sense it, they'll be able to hear it, and they'll be able to dispatch police. Okay? Sure. So that's good. Now, um, Uh, something else. Why do you have to worry about doctors when it comes to, uh, gun control? Because you'll be able to sense that there's somebody in the household who is depressed. They'll, They'll be able to sense it right away. So dispatch police, make sure there are no arms in that house. Oh my God. I mean, um, you'll be able to save lives. Stu, you'll be able to save lives.
2: It's, it's just going to make people not speak, right? Like, if you know these things are going on, you're not going to express depression or express uh, worry. You're just going to, like, like, if you're in public, for example, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes if your kids are being bad, people will, get over here, and they'll like, muffle their voice and not yell at them. Where at home, they're probably going, get over here right now. Right? Like, they're going to change their behavior even in their own
1: homes. Hmm. Changing your behavior? Gee, that sounds like a free state I want to live in. Glenn Beck.
0: Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: I love the... uh, I love the tweets that we're getting uh, on. It's not hard. It's uh, it's super not hard to, you know, uh, to protect yourself from Google and Facebook and, and Amazon. Oh, is it? Really?
2: Yeah, this one came in. Uh, here's an idea for protecting your privacy. Don't buy the damn smart speaker! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! <laughs> Get the phone case that shields your phone's RF signals. It's not that hard, guys. Uh, by the way, I just point out that it was said on Twitter.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So, yeah, it's possible you have. So a your 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 digital footprint is uh, recorded now on Twitter. And if you've ever Googled anything, they have millions of pages about you.
2: Yeah, and I think like the the point here is not you know. I mean, I understand that's a good it's a good point, right? Like mm-hmm. you could obviously protect yourself from mm-hmm. the Amazon or Google speaker by not buying it, but the issue is. Even if you do those things and you take all those steps, you're you're just playing at the fringes. There, it's like people who talk about global warming. They're like, oh, well, all I, what I do is I compost. And uh, and when I, what I try to do is I bicycle uh, once a week to the gym to make sure that I save my... you're doing nothing for the environment you're doing nothing <laughs> you, what you're doing is well, making yourself feel better and you're uh, of the very fringes uh-huh. of your environmental impact uh-huh. you can say to your friends that you've
1: done something well you can also say to yourself some people do I mean my daughter composts and uh, and she you know she said I know this isn't going to make a big difference but it makes a big difference to me and that's a totally acceptable thing. thing totally yes. fine but
2: mm-hmm. the point is that y- th- it's the same thing with technology yeah you cannot not have a device in your home well there's hundreds of others
1: you know yes you cannot not your smart TV it is it is watching and recording everything that you watch and it is it is sending all of that data out If you have a smart TV that also can uh, get you can also Skype, it has a it, it has a lens. So it's it's looking at you and whatever you're doing in the living room. It can be it can be commandeered. It can be taken. It's it could be listening to you. I'm not saying that every smart TV is doing this and every smartphone is doing this. You just have the. It's there. It's already there. And you don't even think about it. You are completely comfortable. How many conversations have you had that were sensitive between you and your wife or, you know, you and your lover or whatever it is sensitive? And you had it with your phone in your hand or your pocket, (laughs) your pocket
2: over and over and over again. Um, you know, you think about really to get off of this now, and this is why this is a a battle. That's, I don't know that it's winnable at all. A, this improves your life quite a bit in every normal circumstance. It's not winnable. Um, And B, to get off of it at this point, your Unabomber Shack style life is what you're looking at. I will,
1: Uh, I will tell you this. And Stu is, uh, um,
2: right. Is that the word you're looking for? Because usually
1: that's the word that follows those two other words. No, no, um, I'm'm I'm, I, I have to get a little further away from something that is currently ongoing in my life in my household um, but I I will tell you this and when I talk to you about it, um, you will understand uh, do not do not uh, think that the, the PlayStation or Xbox, is safe at all. Do not give your child a phone. Do not do it. It is uh, more dangerous than you can possibly imagine. And I speak from experience. I have, I have firewalls, I have security. I have everything that the average person does not have. Do not, Bring those into your world. Don't do it. And when I give you the full story, you will understand. Um, don't do it. Please.
2: You're saying for your kids or you're saying it all in your uh, home? I'm
1: saying definitely for your kids, but in your in in your home as well. I mean um, don't do it. Don't do it. Definitely for your kids. Do not do it. If you have one, trust me now. Get rid of it. Get it out of your home. Get it away from your children. Uh, You know, but we we know. Mm -mm. Get it out of your house. Uh, There. uh, uh, mm. I, I can't tell you anything right now. Get it out of your house. Get it out of your house. Strongest terms. Get it out of your house. You have no idea uh until it's uh too late or almost too late um
2: we're talking about this more tonight uh on the blaze tv you can stream it from your smartphone um <laughs> any any mobile device uh make sure you you tune in tonight it, it's you know, tough, it's, but it's a tough problem, like even you as is, someone who is legitimately has a you know real situation and you've been something you've been hinting at for a while is here. it
1: your is it your worst nightmare still oh sure yeah sure uh absolutely so, do you know anybody who is more secure than me? No,
2: and that's what's scary. And yeah. this is this goes back to what we're talking about. It, you can't do it. You can't live a normal human American life, uh, and and defeat these things right Mm-mm. now. And I don't think it's ever going to. We're never going back to that place. You want to go to you know Comoros off the coast of Madagascar? Maybe you can do it. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else. I don't know where. You go certainly not here. You're not living in a because a, 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 I mean look back at Unabomber. Could you do the Unabomber thing now? I don't mean the package bombing. I mean living in the woods. I'm sure there's people who are attempting it. But every time you need to go get food, every time you need to go get basic supplies, unless you're whittling your toilet paper from the bark around you, what you're going to be on camera somewhere. You're going to be purchasing something. You're going to have. You're going to be monitored in several different locations if you ever go near civilization. And yes there are ways I guess you're going to you're going to the leaves for toilet paper though to do it. And most mo, I'm going to go with it most Americans are not willing to go to that pay that price. Ooh. Ooh. I, look at Eric Rudolph, remember him the terrorist uh-huh. guy? who was uh you know trying to run away from uh you know uh police officers and stuff because what did he blow up a, a abortion clinic or something this is mm-hmm. in the 90s mm-hmm. and he was trying to do the mountain man thing to get mm-hmm. away and he he it's he it, he did it for a few months and then was eventually caught trying to come down i think get food out of a dumpster if i remember the the story correctly yeah, how long would he last today trying to do that oh i don't i i, I don't think there's a, i mean there's cameras in the parks Right. Like there, it's not just yeah, where do you even go? I mean, if you are an expert, like survivalist, maybe if you're Marcus Luttrell uh, and you've been t- trained by, you know, Navy SEALs and you can go through uh, these periods, you know, in the woods for a long time, but there's no off the grid anymore.
1: But there's not even, you know, when I talked to Ray Kurzweil and uh, he said, you know, you'll be able to do anything and think anything and yada, yada, yada. And I said, no, 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 Ray. If you have Google and Amazon and they are the source why would they ever let someone develop something that could hurt them and their business why it it absolutely stifles entrepreneurs because before you even have expressed the idea yourself you have done google search you have done research it's monitoring your pattern and AI or AGI is going to be able to figure out what you're doing and it's going to be monitoring you and thinking along the line because it's going to help you but it's going to be thinking along the lines the same way boop oh my gosh he's coming up with a better Google shut you down oh my gosh he's going to you know what he's on the revolutionary path
2: well it's funny you're gone yeah um, this actually has happened already um, with I think it was Facebook who bought an app that that uh, monitored app usage Uh so they purchased this company and they had all this public Uh data that showed how you Uh did how you use these apps and instead of they stopped if you think of it their product was hey look at look at here's the public data about how people use apps and then what they said is it's no longer public data it's now our data and as soon as they saw flare-ups with certain apps, hey, this one's increased by uh, you know thousand percent in the last two weeks, they would go and try to purchase it, realizing it was an up-and-coming thing. So they'd get it before it really hit, uh, and they were able to go in and, and purchase it. At least this was their plan, and I think they did actually execute it mm-hmm. a couple of times, and they still own the company, um, you know. And that's essentially what you're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, except but a much me, a
1: much basic a very basic version. Yeah. Of it. Let me let me let me go here. Did you see the news that came out that uh, scientists now have come up with a device? And it's great for people who can't talk. So in other words, let's go back in time and then let's go forward in time. Let's go back and grab Terry Shivo and let's take her five years in the future, five years in the future, and put this new device that they have just developed onto Terry Shivo's head. Everybody says she was in there. She was in there. Everybody was supporting her. She's in there. She knows she just can't communicate. Okay. Well, this device reads your mind and then turns it into text in real time. So if you're thinking, it is writing down what you're thinking. That's fantastic, right? People like people like uh, um, uh, Stephen Hawking. He doesn't have to use his eye to type. He just thinks it's like dictating. It's fantastic for people who cannot speak for some reason or another. Fantastic. But wait. It can read your mind. How much do you think of that you don't want other people knowing You, you don't want anyone knowing when you're negotiating when you're bluffing when you're saying boy that dress does make you look fat um how many things do you think that you do not want to speak out loud how many things have you thought of like it would be easy to grab this man i could grab this and you don't do it Mm -hmm. but that is in your head all of a sudden yeah you know jesus said if you're looking at somebody and you're committing adultery, you're committing adultery by looking at her and thinking that, okay? So control your thoughts because your thoughts you commit to them. It 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 is the sin to even think, well that's what this is. Wait a minute, isn't that almost minority report?
2: Yeah, it's thought crime. I mean the, the Peter Thiel book that came out. We did an uh, interview with the author a couple of weeks ago. And uh it, he in in there when he's talking about how he's going to go after Gawker they set, has a throwaway line that basically says, "Oh, yeah, you know, we we thought of. I guess a lot of the stuff we came up with was illegal, so we decided not to do it." And that was a big press story for a few days because he considered. Now he didn't really consider it. Was it, he? You know, Somebody I, said to him, "Look, we like, could
1: do this." And now oh, that's mm, illegal. We can't no, do it. Like that's the
2: throwaway, right? He and he admitted it. Imagine if they caught that in your subconscious, how, how you would be immediately prosecuted for it. it. I mean, it's 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 it's. it's, it's, it's
1: But think of how many people it will save. This is where we're headed, and this is why I've been saying for the last few years. We have to have these moral conversations. We have to have ethical conversations that are so much bigger than stormy frickin' Daniels. And we better know what's right what's wrong what we believe is an intrusion because all of this stuff is coming and it's coming wrapped up in pretty bows and everybody's gonna want it and when everybody has it it's then too late if it is misused we need to set standards ethical standards and boundaries now really starts with having a conversation that I'm not hearing anywhere. Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than just posting your job online and then praying for the right person to see it. Well, ZipRecruiter knew that there had to be a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right candidates for you. It's smarter. It learns what you're looking for. It identifies the people with the right experience. It looks for the people that fit your culture and your job. And then it invites them to apply to your job. Isn't this great? Yes! These innovations have revolutionized how people are finding their next hire. 80% of employers who post a job at ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in the first day. Now, ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. It spotlights the strongest applications that you receive, so you never miss a great match. The right candidate is there, and ZipRecruiter will find them. Find out today how ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. ZipRecruiter. Try it now. ZipRecruiter.com slash back. It's free. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash back.
0: Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn
1: Beck. So here's the latest on Laura Ingram. She's not only an abuser, but now she is also a victim. Villain and victim. Here, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura Ingram. Yes. She What she did to David
2: Hogg was despicable yep. in every way. Well, they use the word wine right. is the most reprehensible <laughs> thing that has ever been done I know. in media.
1: It's almost like she was making Zyklon B oh, uh, well, not in her that basement. Bad. Well, no, that was Bear was that Bear, pulled the spots. That was that's right. Bear, okay, go ahead. That's right.
2: Um, this uh, now, they, you know, this is really confusing the uh-huh. left because uh-huh. they want to say she's the worst person on earth yes. because she's a Trump supporter and she's right wing uh-huh. and she does these things and she attacked David Hogg. So they've got her on the ropes. However, they also notice that she's a victim of sexism. Why? Uh-huh. Well, as the Huffington Post lays out in uh-huh. incredible detail. Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson Can say things like that and not get in trouble And Laura Ingram is So she's not only a vicious attacker Of this poor student But also A a, a wilting flower of sexism Wait wait
1: wait No that means that David Hogg Is also a poor child And a Vicious uh, Attacker of of women Oh my gosh this is getting too. He's crazy. a sexist and an and a helpless child, but he's also a vicious sexist <laughs> wow. at the same time. Uh, the left confuses me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How to st- you can't keep up.
0: Glenn Beck, Mercury, love, courage, courage. Truth. truth.
1: Glenn. Back. I want to play an amazing piece of audio for you. It's from Virgie Rollins. Uh, she is the uh, Democratic National Committee's Black caucus, caucus Chairwoman. She had an announcement to make.
4: I'm a former Black Panther. All right. And, and, and when, we, when we talk about the movement as a former Black Panther with Angela Davis and Kathleen Cleaver... It it was important for us to um, make people understand that it was about the movement for us educating us.
1: Now, here's here's uh, it's really amazing, especially if you watch this clip, because the camera can't focus on her, it can't see her. So it's focused instead on Keith Ellison, a former member of the Nation of Islam. But here's what I want to say to you. Remember the days when hardcore radicals actually tried to hide their extremist past? When I started outing out President Obama's ties to radicals, his PR team went out in in super all-out denial and protect mode. Do you remember that? Do you remember me saying to you, one of these days, they're not going to care anymore, and the mask is going to come off, and they're just going to tell you, yep, I was a communist, yep, I was a member of SDS, yep, I was a Black Panther, and you know what? It's better than what we're doing now. Here we are, gang. Imagine how much worse this is going to get. They're not trying to hide it anymore. To the contrary, they're now bragging about it in a public forum. Rollins goes on to talk about, quote, the movement and the, quote, revolution, end quote, as inspired acts that brought forth equality to feed the masses. At one point, she yelled, quote, we've got to turn back to the revolution, end quote. Now, it's not surprising that she can say this now in an era where the Black Panthers have been whitewashed and and completely scrubbed clean to the point to where their radical extremist past is actually looked up to. Martin Luther King was not involved with the Black Panthers. They were against each other. Uh, well, Well, I mean, even though they were fighting for equality, right? They just wanted to feed people, right? No. Rollins declaration of bringing back the revolution sounds eerily similar to what her Black Panther Party was saying back in the 60s when they chanted, quote, the revolution has come. It's time to pick up the gun off the pigs, end quote. Now, if they were talking about actual pigs and they were thinking about taking those pigs and then slicing them up into nice little pieces of ham to feed all the children, that would be one thing. But those pigs were police officers. The Black Panthers weren't benevolent? No. It's amazing to me how history is so easily forgotten and discarded, but it is another thing to do what is happening now, making terrorists look like they were the great guardians of the people. This popular Black uh, Panther chant is nothing Compared to their actual actions, they were involved in multiple shootouts, shot several police officers, employed ambush tactics, and tried to kill police, and armed militants that actually stormed a courthouse and killed a United States judge. They armed those militants. They were even caught torturing and executing one of their own members for suspecting him of being an FBI informant. Oh, yeah. All the while, they're making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the kids, just like your mother used to. But it wasn't all about race. In fact, race, as always, has very little to do with it. It is just the calling card. These people were militant Marxists. Rawlings mentions two people in the same speech, Angela Davis and Kathleen Cleaver. Oh, you mean the two that were both radical Marxists? Cleaver is now a law professor. Of course she is. The way to clean people's image up is to process process them through the radical university system. She was so radical that she allied with North Korea while she was with the Panthers. In fact, her daughter was even born there. If that happened, I'm pretty sure that good old Angela was there at the time. Angela Davis was the one that gave guns to a teenager who then went in and shot a federal judge. Gave guns to teenagers? My gosh, I thought we were trying to take the guns away from teenagers. Class warfare, race warfare, the Black Panthers wanted it all. The media may have forgotten, but we haven't. I'm going to be doing a block on this on television. 10 minutes on who these people really were because we need to remember because they just dropped the radical means for the radical ends. But you can guarantee that people like Virgie Rollins, she hasn't forgotten. She's now part of the democratic establishment and leadership. Democrats, people who are like my grandfather and many of my relatives, who vote democrat vote democratic every single time just like all of you know my other relatives that vote republican every single time democrats this is not who you are you are not radical leftists you are not race baiters you are not keith ellison that was a member of the nation of islam who still gets kudos From Louis Farrakhan, you are not the people who are leading the women's march. But if you don't stand up now and reject this, if you don't stand up now and say, I want nothing to do with the Black Panthers, I want nothing to do with the Nation of Islam, and I want nothing to do with those people who try to spin them into great healers. If you don't do it, you are done for all time. You cannot rewrite history and reemerge, not as outsiders, but within mainstream politics and hope to have any kind of bright future for tomorrow. Will anyone in the Democratic Party actually call this out?
0: Tuesday, April 3rd. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: You know, I'm convinced that... You know, the... um, You remember the book, Stu? What was it? uh, The Fourth Turning. And remember, we went through that, and it was my generation that was supposed to tell the old farts, the hippie generation... Shut up and sit down. It's Your time has passed. I'm the part of the forgotten generation. I was the latchkey generation. And we just kind of had to shoulder everything between our crazy out-of-control brothers and sisters that were older, or moms and dads, and now the younger generation. We don't get... My generation doesn't get its day in the sunlight... We're the transition. We're the ones that have to stand here and look at the mess that the last generation just left us. And we have to stand here and shoulder that and hold that until the next generation gets on their feet enough to be able to say, we've got it and we've got a better plan. Here we go.
2: And this is, again, not your theory. No, this is a theory from a book.
1: Yes. The theory from the fourth turning. And it's a great book. And I believe it to be right.
2: Oh, so and, it is your theory.
1: Well, well if, if no, it's, you, I, I mean, it's one I embrace, it's one you embrace. So, so you
2: think that because I mean, you think the the people older than you are, you know, I mean, that's
1: going to be the hippies, the radicals, the hippies, the the Nancy Pelosi's, yeah. the the Hillary Clintons,
2: right? And of course, that's only a part, a slice of that. Generation. Yeah, I mean, that's not right.
1: everybody, and right. it's not everybody in my generation who feels the way I do. So mm-hmm. it's just that as a group Mm -hmm. as a group they went off the deep end there's a reason why the stock market there's a reason why in 2008 the housing market and the stock market collapsed and that is because in the 1990s the last of the world war ii generation the ones that were always afraid of hey 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 hey, don't do that you don't you don't understand what a real collapse is like the ones who lived through it and were scarred by it for life They were very, very balanced. And they were like, look, let's not go crazy here. Those people died, generally speaking, and they were nowhere in Wall Street by the end of the 90s. And that's when all of this crazy, all this crazy spending, all the crazy derivatives, everything else happened. Okay, And that generation was the hippie generation that was doing it. It It's like a free love and we can have everything and all right. That generation has spent us into oblivion and they're taking us off the rails because, quite honestly, when they were in, in college, they didn't believe in the Constitution in the first place. Even though the Beatles said you want to change the Constitution, you might as well change your head. But don't worry about that. So they they were caught up in this radical Marxist stuff and they're still going there. So this generation, my generation, is the one that has to hold up the younger generation. It's the one that has to expose the younger generation to the truth and expose them, the younger generation, to the people in my generation and say, look, they're not bad, they're good. We need to support them, we need to teach them, we need to encourage them. They're the ones that are gonna take us to the right place and develop new ways and new ideas. That's our job. That's our job. And how many of us are doing it? I'm convinced more and more that it's not our job to save the nation. It is our job to teach and raise the next generation because they will do it. They will save it. Because we're entering a world where we're not even going to understand it. I have already become my father and my grandfather. that can't figure out the damn remote. I don't know how to use the remote. That's because we start to get old. And as we start to get old, unless you surround yourself with young people and new ideas all the time, you start to go static because you're just used to it being a certain way. Well, with everything changing, We're going to get old really fast if we don't stay plugged in. We're not going to be able to use the tools that are on the horizon. You know, how many of us at my age still say, can I get a pencil and paper, please? No, nobody, nobody in their 30s says that unless you're an artist. Uh, I got to make some notes. Anybody have a pencil and paper? Who says that? Right. Right.
2: I mean, the, the, the journaling thing has become a trend lately uh, because of that. It's, it's now like how vinyl became cool yes. for a while. And I guess kind of still is where, you know, instead of digital music, like it's the same thing, like that's now
1: becoming like this little niche industry of you know, journaling. And, and look, everything is look, that's why, that's why composting is coming back. Composting isn't new. My mother used to do it. My grandmother used to do it. We composted everything. Okay, and it wasn't about the environment. It was just the right thing to do. And so we just did it. Then we then, you know, the generation that is above mine and my generation, we were like, we don't have to do that. We can do it. Life is much easier than that. Better living through pharmaceuticals. We bought into all of the the, you know, 1970 films. Here is America in the 1990s. (laughs) And we were like, whoa, we can't even make the projector work, but it's going to be great. I'm at the point now when I do have to write something.
2: If it's like a full size, like of one piece of paper, like my hand hurts because I haven't done it. Uh, when's the last time I freaking wrote with my hands? <laughs> like it just, you don't do that anymore. You type. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. And now, now my thumb starts to hurt because maybe I just hurt, maybe I just in pain. paint. Maybe that's just the,
1: the problem. Maybe you're just getting old. Yeah, maybe I'm just uh, an old person. So, here here's the thing. Do your do yourself and do the country a favor. Encourage the millennials. Seek out the millennials that are trying to do something. Uh, seek out the seek out the young minds of our country. And hold them up. Do everything you can to hold them up. Because they're the ones that are going to make this transition. They're the ones. And they are... I had 15 relatives in my house over the weekend. 15. It was marvelous. Was that Um, a mistake? No, it was... I really actually enjoy... Because I like my family. I know it's weird, but I like my family. Um, But... Um, we were having a great conversation, and these are all my uh these are all my nephews, okay? So my nieces and nephews. So it was all a younger generation. And um so I spent the the holiday weekend with that generation, and they're just starting to have kids and everything else. <clears throat> and they're all sounding like my grandmother. All of them are sounding like my grandmother. They're all saying things like Um, you know, we just, we use too much and we have too much stuff. And they're not talking about society. They're talking about them. They're like, "I, I think we can spend our time instead of having a big house that I'm cleaning all of this stuff that means nothing. It's sitting on a shelf and I never use it. Why would I collect that? Why would I need a big house that I'm trying to clean and keep up with everybody. I'd rather spend that money going and doing something. I'd rather go spend my money, you know, why do I have so many clothes? I I go through my closet and I've got so much stuff and I don't wear it. What am I doing? Well, that sounded like my grandparents. That's a good thing. That's returning back to original principles. And personally, I think that's a really, really good sign. Let's embrace this generation and help them. You know, I, I didn't plan on sharing this, but I, I found something uh, earlier today that I, I want to play for you that I, I think you will. It kind of goes into this, and I think you'll like it, especially if you're a if you're a purpose-driven person or a, uh, a self-made person. All right, I want to tell you about car shield. I have a couple of old cars. Uh, I have have two old trucks. You know, they're not old, old. They're, you know, within 10 years. Um, And we use them up at the farm. And we use them until the doors fall off. And then I might even still continue to use them. I want to use them and workhorse. They don't need to be a brand-new, shiny truck. They need to work. So if you've ever taken your car in for an oil change and then the mechanic finds something wrong, you're like, oh, crap this just happened with one of my trucks brought it in something needed to be fixed and it was like three thousand dollars that's an oh crap moment but not for me because i have car shield if you have a car that is out of its manufacturer's warranty it's 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 expired you could be out of pocket for thousands of dollars to get your car fixed so here's what you do you go to carshield.com Car Shield makes the process of fixing your car uh, easy because it's insurance. I mean, it's 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 uh, when something goes wrong, they take care of it. They also provide you with twenty four seven roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. So if your car has five to one hundred and fifty thousand miles, it doesn't mean you have to pay high repair bills. Car Shield administrators have paid out close to two billion dollars in claims, and they're ready to help you. Save yourself from high repair bills. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection like I did. It's CarShield. Call 1 800 Car6100. Mention the promo code back, you'll save 10%. 800 Car6100, promo code back, or carshield.com, promo code back. Carshield.com, deductible, may apply.
0: Glenn Beck Mercury. Back.
1: I found this old audio today from uh, David Bowie, and I wanted to share it uh, with you. If, you are a, if you're an entrepreneur or a self-made person, I think you'll find it inspiring as well. Listen. Never play to the gallery,
4: <laughs> I think. But you never learn that until much later on, I think. But never work for other people in what you do. Always Always remember that the reason that you initially started working was that there was something inside yourself that you felt that if you could manifest it in some way, you would understand more about yourself and how you coexist with the rest of society. And I, I think it's terribly dangerous for an artist to fulfill other people's expectations. I think they produce, they generally produce their worst work when they do that. And if the other thing I would say is that if you feel safe in the area that you're working in, you're not working in the right area. Always go a little further into the water than you feel you're capable of being in. Go a little bit out of your depth, and when you don't feel that your feet not are quite touching bad. the bottom, you're Mercury. just about in the right place to do something exciting.
0: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Welcome to the program. I'm glad you're here. I want to play this from David Bowie again and then talk a little bit about it. I, I, uh, I found it this morning. A friend of mine sent it to me, and, and it was about never playing to the gallery. Don't ever, ever play to the gallery.
4: Don't play to the crowd. Uh, listen to what he said. Never play to the gallery, <laughs> I think. But you never learn that until much later on, I think. But never work for other people in what you do. Always, always remember that the reason that you initially started working was that there was something inside yourself that you f- felt that if you could manifest it in some way, you would understand more about yourself and how you coexist with the rest of society. And I. I think it's terribly dangerous for an artist to fulfil other people's expectations. I think they produce, they generally produce their worst work when they do that. And if, the other thing I would say is that if you feel safe in the area that you're working in, you're not working in the right area. Always go a little further into the water than you feel you're capable of being in. Go a little bit out of your depth, and when you don't feel that your feet are quite touching the bottom, you're just about in the right place to do something exciting.
2: And that's the story of the Dancing in the Dark video, a a tragic chapter in global history.
1: He did. He talked about that. I I watched (laughs) a couple of videos from him today. He he talked about that. I thought, you know, he said, you know, I thought, hey, this is commercial. This is where it's at. He said, boy, was that wrong? Well, in a way, really, it's
2: an example of what you don't do. He's describing Mm -hmm. don't do the Dancing in the Dark video. He is. Uh, is. uh, And he said,
1: and he said, you don't learn that until too late.
2: Yeah. And it's true. You have to go through that, I think, to actually figure it
1: out. Yeah, you do. You do. You know, what I find interesting is, you know, what what was the 1960s? What was that all about? That was about the greatest generation coming home after complete decimation. I mean, just, I don't think we can really even begin to understand um, what the rest of the western world was like after world war ii you know we came back and we started making big huge cars with tail fins and everything else because we had the factories we had the resources we had the money we had the gold we had everything europe didn't you remember you know those the three wheeled little cars that you know england made okay they made those three little car they three wheeled cars for two reasons one the government was out of control but two they couldn't afford big cars. They couldn't afford anything of any size because they were broke. They were destitute after the war. And and so they didn't really start digging themselves out of that until the 60s, 70s, and 80s. They didn't have the good times that we had in the 50s and the 60s and the, you know, up until the 70s. They didn't have those. And so what was the 1960s what was that about that was about the rejection of what they saw their parents build and their parents just wanted to come home and build this idyllic little space that didn't have any horrors in it it didn't have what what the soviet union had it didn't have what what europe had just gone through what germany had gone through what spain was going through it was perfect. It was good. It was wholesome. And so the kids knew, well, wait a minute. Hang on. My mom is not like that. There were problems in my house. But everybody's pretending because they're trying to create this image. And that's not what it is. And so the kids rejected it. And that gave us the hippie generation. And that's what we've been doing. The hippie generation begat the, the excess so we have, we have this crunch of the hippies and the people like Donald Trump. You know, that's the same generation. One generation went, no man, I smoke dope, free love, and rock on Marx. The other went, you are an idiot, and went into amass wealth and build something, okay? But unlike... The previous generation, when they built something, they wanted to build something that last. They just wanted to build wealth. So you had wealth is evil and greed is good. That's the 60s generation. So now the generation that I'm in just watched them. And we were kind of the forgotten generation. And we just kind of watched them and did our own thing but we were always just a little bit behind. So we begat children who saw that access and that Marxism, and some of them are are gravitating towards that, and the Marxism is is once again kind of cool because everybody who's living in these homes know there's no meaning here. It's why people who are younger are starting to feel like I want to get rid of everything. I don't want, I don't want to have all of that stuff. I don't want to have the life of my parents, just like the kids of the sixties did. They didn't want the life of their parents because they knew that was meaningless. They knew that it was, it was being hidden by cocktails and Xanax. And now what's being hidden is being hid, hidden by the drug of Facebook it's not perfect. It's not what it is. And so people are once again hungry for something real. You have no desire cuz I have. Tanya and I have talked about this for uh, probably a year. Just sell everything. It's just I I I got there in the 90s where I was kind of going through a period where I was like I want to sell absolutely everything and just start all over again. And I Feel the same way. Start all over again. Sell it all. My kids are the ones who are like, yes, dad, do it. Because we have a garage full of boxes that we haven't opened for like four moves ago. Get rid of it all. You have no desire to do that?
2: Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> no. Uh, that's, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to find a desire to do it. And no, I don't. I mean, I, I think there's certainly the decluttering of our lives is something that I think is generally speaking um can be a positive at times. Yeah. So I don't I, I think there's an element of it I kind of agree with, but I mean I, I don't I, I don't find uh material things
1: complicating.
2: I, I think sometimes they're enjoyable. That's not how I base my life on it. But okay, uh, so
1: wait, so I'm not saying material things are bad. Mm -hmm. by any stretch Mm -hmm. you know you that's up to you to decide but you don't have a lot of stuff like we have a lot of stuff that we're like yeah and that was given to us by so and so and yeah we never use it and it's in a you know it's in a closet or it's there but but we don't we don't you know we don't we we can't really get rid of it because why because of why well we never use it
2: i one thing i should point out is i do live with the joseph stalin of decluttering um, oh. so, uh, you don't there, have that. There's four things in my home right now. Four. Um, there's one in one room. I think there's two in another room. <laughs> and then there's one other room. I think there's one more thing. But no, she's selling she's, that. She's very, she, she's, uh, my wife is very much like, just get rid of it. You know, she, she, it, just because she doesn't like clutter, she hates clutter. I hear the word clutter. More than any other word in my home. <laughs> uh, now I'm much more of the person like I can. You sure she's get not calling you a mother? <laughs> no, <I'm> just, just... <laughs> she says mother, mother clutter. Right? Okay, that's, right, that's what it means, right? Right. Um, she, uh, she, I get attached to things like you know, th- there's certain like toys my kids had as they were growing up, and like, I just can't get rid of them, you know, because I can just remember, I can look down and see Zach or Ainsley playing with that toy, and I'm like, I can, I cannot get rid of that toy. I get like that. I can get attached to things. She's just like I don't care. Burn it. You know, like she just doesn't care. Um, so our house is. Uh, I wouldn't say uh, it's certainly not clear of. You know, she likes her stuff too. So I mean, it's not. It's not clear of material things by any reason by any means. But it is. Uh, it's a.
1: It's a pretty simplified place. I would say. See everything in my house. I'm the opposite. Everything in my house. I am. I've decided. I am a hoarder. I, I'm a hoarder. I'm just. I'm just. <laughs> Not a poor hoarder. Right.
2: So yeah. rich so hoarders I, are called collectors. Yeah, yes. Eccentric
1: collectors. Yes. Uh, no, hey, I'm not. I got this old piece of paper right. from
2: 3000 years ago. Wow. That's
1: great. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, I am a hoarder. <laughs> I've just, I've discovered yeah. that I can call myself eccentric. I can call myself a collector. Mm-mm, I'm a hoarder. Yeah. Because everything in my house, everything has a story. Absolutely everything. It's not like I go out and just buy stuff. I go look for things that, and they may not even be valuable, but they have a story behind it. Yeah, and so everything in my life has a story. That's I. I believe there's a certain.
2: This is uh, it doesn't quite apply to you. No offense, but there's a certain amount of wealth that you one acquires in which that's what you do with it. Is you just buy stories? You're just you're purchasing a story to tell. This way. You're like this way when you had. I, I, cause had no I knew money. you when you had like nine dollars, yes. or actually negative much more than nine dollars, <laughs> yes, uh, yes. and you were still doing this. You're, uh, you know, I, I think wealth just makes you good at the things that you are. For example, you're now a good hoarder. You're really good at it. You have lots of really fancy things that you hoard.
1: Congratulations! Yeah, but it's not really. It's still, still a lot of crap. I mean, I was, oh, yeah, I yeah. was That's yeah. That's what some is. people. Some people were here last night, and they were here for the um, Mercury Museum, and we were looking through a bunch of stuff. That what are we going to put out, and what what would be interesting to them, and yada yada yada. And so, you know, we get this. Um, just amazing stuff. And then, you know, we get down to oh, that's the typewriter that, you know, uh, actually they used to, you know, uh, type the the uh, peace treaty in the Pacific, you know, for World War II. What the hell am I doing with a typewriter like that? Who Who, who wants that? What? Why do I even have that? Right. How did I even acquire that? I don't even know. How did that happen? I remember buying it. And I remember thinking that's great what the hell was wrong with me I have you ready for this one we have a rat we have a stuffed rat okay it's the ugliest damn thing you've ever seen and in the butt of the stuffed rat is a fuse and it was full of c4 now we've removed all the c4 but it was a rat used by the french resistance they would put them in the boiler rooms and they would, they would stuff them full of C4, put a, a detonating device up their butt, and then throw them into the coal things to where when they were shoveling coal, the Nazis were shoveling coal in their big industrial plants, they would just pick up the rat and just shovel it into the, and it would blow up. And so it would stop all of their industry. Okay. Now the guy who came up with that is the guy who uh, was uh, who uh, who uh, Q is based on in James Bond movies? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. he's the guy who came up with the explosive, explosive butt rap, a rat. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, did he call it that? Did he call? It I the don't explosive know. He probably rat? he probably he probably called it something different. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, okay. What I, What are we gonna do with the rat? What are we gonna do with the rat? And you know what I said? You know what I said what last is, night. What did you say? Do we have anything from Q, too? Because it would be cool if we had something from, you know, James Bond movies, too, so we could tie the rat along with the (laughs) whatever. (laughs) What the hell is wrong with me?
2: I mean, that is an amazing story. You just don't need a rat on your shelf to
1: tell it. I know. Right? But but the story is so much better when you have the rat. It is is better with the rat. So I stand in my living room, and I'm like, we should get rid of the rat. We should get rid of the rat. That's an easy choice for almost everybody, Mm -hmm. except for me. All right. Another major data breach. This time it's Orbitz, the popular travel uh, uh, booking platform. They announced a breach. It compromised 880,000 customers. So no big deal. Hackers accessed the credit card numbers used to book travel through the platform's website in 2016 and 2017. So if you booked anything through Orbitz it may have exposed you the hackers have stolen names dates um, dates of birth uh, gender phone numbers addresses and your credit card numbers congratulations so there are so many threats um, today it takes one week link to break that chain and then you're exposed the good thing is, new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection is adding the power of Norton Security to help protect you against the threats to your identity and your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. If you have a problem, they have agents who are going to work to fix it. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but the new LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover threats that you might otherwise miss. So go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and use the problem. promo code back promo code back save an additional 10% off your first year that's promo code back for an additional 10% off at lifelock.com
0: glenn beck mercury glenn beck
1: so Stu says to me before we go off the air you don't need the rat to tell the story We go off the air and he said, do you have that rat here? I got to see the rat. I got to see the rat. I got to see it now. Okay. Where's the rat? All right. So that's not, you're playing, Mm -hmm. I'm a hoarder. Hello, my name is Glenn Mm -hmm. and I'm a hoarder. Mm -hmm. I got it. Yeah. You're not helping me. Well, I mean, look, I would say
2: a good chunk of the value of you as a human being is having these are these artifacts around (laughs) is that what it is uh and telling these important stories you better not get rid of any of it right because if you do get rid of it i'm not getting rid of it i'm I'm not
1: i will my personal value yeah your
2: your value as a human being
1: i think without without these artifacts who are you you're nothing hold it you're a giant zilch (laughs) wait a minute hold on i'm not talking about getting rid of the artifacts i will not give up the rat I will not give up the rat. No, you shouldn't give up the rat. That's an amazing piece of history. Isn't that crazy? Amazing. I can't wait
2: to see it. You have it
1: here. Yeah, I have it here. We're, we're sending somebody to get it, and, and I'll bring in the rat next hour. So if you happen to be watching on the Blaze TV, you will see the rat with the fuse in its butt. It's re- It's crazy. It's crazy. I can't believe that's a Almost real thing. got... I can't remember the name of it. It's like Bert or something. Almost got one of the dummies that we threw out of the airplane um, right before... Um, d-day because we were we we didn't we we wanted to we wanted them to think we were going elsewhere and so we dressed all these dummies up these parachutists okay Mm -hmm. and we threw these dummies out of the plane to make it look like we were parachuting where we weren't they're really really rare we almost almost had one again what are you going to do with the dummy mr Beck? I don't know, but <laughs> I gotta somebody's this dummy. got you gotta to get it. this dummy. Where's the <laughs> dummy? Why don't you have it?
2: You're it's, a failure. I got the
1: rat. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Love.
0: Courage. Courage. Truth. Truth. Glenn
1: Beck. In the Age of Reason, Thomas Paine wrote this, quote, it's impossible to calculate the moral mischief, if I may so express it, that mental lying has produced in society. When a man is so far corrupted and prostituted, the chastity of his mind as to subscribe his professional belief to things that he doesn't believe. He has prepared himself for the commission of every other crime, end quote. I have no idea what that means. I just thought I'd read it because it sounds smart. In completely unrelated news, CNN, like many other news networks, has profited immeasurably from the accusatory news segments about President Trump's supposed infidelities. Reporters and commentators at CNN have turned into media watchdogs at the slightest hint of lurid behavior by President Trump, whether it's true or not. By the way, uh, I was just watching CNN just a minute ago, and they had Richard Quest on, who didn't wasn't he arrested for making it with a prostitute or something he had some scandal. i know he said this i know stu you said specifically not to say that i'm asking the question i can't remember what the scandal was but it was a it bad was a one. scandal i think it was a sex scandal it was a bad one and nobody at cnn has a problem that he's back why don't you look it up so you can get that scandal right cnn enjoyed the bump in the ratings from a recent interview with playboy playmate karen McDougal, who claims to have had an affair with president trump if you turn cnn right now odds are you're going to see stormy daniels the porn actress who alleges she has an affair with uh, donald trump in 2006 when a 2005 recording of trump's locker room talk emerged cnn like most media outlets went in all activist mode Yet the network's recent advertisement for their original show, American Dynasties, the Kennedys, is glorifying President John F. Kennedy. In fact, glorifying John F. Kennedy's, quote, rampant uh, womanizing, in their words, his legendary love life. No, no, he was having an affair. His legendary love life? Did one of these... Uh, love affairs was it connected to the mob?, uh, I don't know that's not thats i mean that's infamous. that's not legendary. Ben Shapiro wrote in an article yesterday was j f k s love life really legendary in actuality j f k was an awful person in the bedroom who certainly would have been labeled a sexual predator in this me too move, uh, moment. DePaul University Professor Jeffrey McCall penned an op-ed for the hill. About the cognitive dissidents at play, CNN's warped obsession with reporting about supposed adultery demonstrates a larger problem at the once proud groundbreaking channel. CNN's focus is not news, but on distracting itself and the nation's news consumers with peripheral and sensational gibberish that falls to uh, fails to enhance the national dialogue. In the run-up and the aftermath to the recently passed government spending bill, CNN mentioned McDougal and Daniels more than three times as often as the spending bill. The spending bill, of course, isn't photogenic, but it impacts citizens way more than a Playboy model. The network's coverage of President Trump is so prolific that they've neglected much of the news that actually matters. They undersold it. In other words, they've neglected truth in order to prove their own narrative. This is worse than cognitive dissidence. This is full-fledged hypocrisy. And as playwright Tennessee Williams famously wrote, the only thing worse than a liar is a liar that's also a hypocrite. I don't know what that means either, but it sounded good. It's from Tennessee Williams, and I like Tennessee, so...
0: It's Tuesday, April 3rd. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, Stu. Hi,
2: Glenn. It's great to talk to you today, as usual. It's always a pleasure. Is it? No. No, it is not.
1: So what, what is the real story? Yeah, he was in the park a little late. Right?
2: The Central Park is closed from 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And Richard Quest was arrested around 3.40 a.m. Mm-hmm. in the park, which is obviously... What against, was he doing in the park? The, okay. Against the uh, no, was, rules. no so, you didn't
1: be in the park at three o'clock at the morning. You cannot;
2: it's actually closed between one and six. So is that's it? that is why. What was he, he doing was in the park? He said initially stop for loitering, as I said. You uh, know, that's not the right way. Initially, it's, it's not the
1: initially for loitering. Uh, well, they, they did search him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yeah. and what did they find?
2: A small uh, Ziploc bag, for one, which mm. is, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, Ziploc isn't a as far as right, I know, Ziploc uh, bags aren't What was aren't in the Ziploc bag? Along...
1: What was there? What was in there? What was in it? Yes.
2: In the bag? In the bag. I mean, you're assuming there was something in the bag.
1: Right, I I Yeah, that's
2: not, you sometimes Ziploc well, would they actually come from the
1: factory it empty. you usually so, wouldn't have made the news story if it was empty. It may have been some methamphetamine. Okay, may have been a little bit of All that. Right. It could have
2: been could have been crackers, All but right. it also may have been methamphetamine. Okay.
1: Beside that, was he doing anything with
3: anybody? Yeah, there was a rope.
1: There was a rope. There was a rope.
2: But people rope. use
1: ropes for lots of things.
3: Right.
2: You know, for example, uh, climbing a tree. Climbing uh, a tree. That would be one use of a rope. Um, maybe tying up a bundle of twigs. Or, be, or what are some of the other things that might have You been, may have it tied to your genitals. That might be another that reason was you not have the a one rope that I, in Central Park at that 340. That was not the one that I was thinking. That was the one he was thinking, though, right, I guess, okay. is, the, is the point of this. All right.
1: In fact, I've never even thought that. But he tied up his genitals in the park,
2: at in, in Central the, Park. In the park. But look, you're going to go for a run. Maybe you don't want to have to stop to go to the bathroom. Right. You know what I mean? So maybe right. this is a way was to Was he doing
1: it. anything else or was
2: anyone with him? He was not with anyone. And this is why I said, don't go on the air with this because I don't remember all the details of the scandal. Yeah. Um, I have to look them up. Now right. you've made me look them up. Yes uh he apparently there may have also been uh a a sex toy involved, but I mean people use toys for lots of reasons you know
1: you never know what what uh, kids have toys why can't adults have toys not, right exactly thank thinking. you yes yeah. it was an adult was that, toy was that toy yes anywhere yes.
2: Whatever you're about to say, the answer is yes. And I don't think we need to say it because people probably have put this together. So
1: anyway, that's the guy that is currently reporting on CNN. And nobody seems to have a problem with that one. Well, I look, you know what? In all honesty, and I think you'd agree with this,
2: people have issues in their lives. He had an issue. a Really? Apparently serious issue. He had six months of counseling and everything else. He came back. There's nothing there's nothing inherently like it's no, great. I, I hope believe- he's put his life back together and Me it seems too. like he has. Right.
1: And I but have the yep.
2: same network mm-hmm. that yells at sports hosts mm-hmm. when they say the word boobs on the air mm-hmm. and they spend a month acting as if it's the most tragic incomprehensible circumstance they can ever even imagine. Mhm. That same one is going to have Richard Quest on the air and is also going to have a sex special with Christian Amanpour. Mm-hmm. The worst combination of two mm-hmm. things possible.
4: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: A sex, a sex special with Christian Amanpour.
1: Makes you want to put a rope around here. Make sure that it Yeah, never... right. No, I got it.
2: No, I, again, I don't think it's something you need to say, but there's anything you should take for the segment. Right. Central Park is closed from 1 to 6. Uh, Don't go it. in the park got at 3:40 a.m. It. It's not the right time. Got it. For Actually, I would like the you park. to
1: t- I'd like to take one other thing from this. Uh and oh, that is really there's <laughs> another lesson here other than park closing times? <laughs> yes, yes. Wow. But it's not the one that you think. Oh, okay. It's not the one that you think. Mm-hmm. Redemption is real. Yeah, no. Forgiveness is real. You just have but to I- ask for it. Right. But uh redemption is real and uh and you know I don't think we need to make a federal case out of absolutely everything that goes wrong in somebody's life, especially if they're trying to make amends <laughs> for it. But. I mean, some would say
2: maybe bringing up his incident from 2008 isn't the exact way we
1: should... Well, well yes. Okay. It's, it's, so it's little, not, a, it's not something on him. It's on the network acting all high and mighty. I mean, look, these guys, You, they are not prudes. They're not playing the organ in Sunday church. Okay? They're, no. Well, look They're at the me too
2: stuff and how many people in the media have been hit by that. I mean, people who were on your TV day, day after day after day after day, telling you what was right and what was wrong. Um, you know, many of them have been hit, hit by this mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I, I, you know, the, it's not always uh, it's not always true. It's not always uh, it's not always the way it's supposed to. You know, I mean, it's the way it's told. It's, you know, and and there is redemption there. But I mean, it's another thing to it's another thing to go crazy when someone comes on the air and says boobs or or whatever it is and act as if you're above it that's it's a little insulting
1: especially little insulting especially if, if if you've been in the in, in the park at 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, 3.40. It's
2: actually 1 you'd be okay because it's borderline. It closes at 1. Don't stay Again, after 1. Again, I don't one. think the time of the, the 3.40 park is a.m. The is not the time to go for a, a job that for example. So if you're a night time, you know, maybe you work the night shift I, I and that might be, that be the... To, maybe you just were on the streets. Just stay out of the park at that particular... The thing lodged
1: is probably the for you. Anyway, um... Speaking of that... Want to see the rat? Oh my gosh. Okay. Alright, so if you were listening last hour, We were talking about, you know, you got to just, I'm a hoarder. I'm a hoarder. Okay. So now this is, uh, this is the rat uh, from uh, 1942 from Lyon, France. And it, uh, it had hair at one point, but all of its hair fell out. This is a stuffed rat. It's a real rat though. It's a real rat. So it's not like a rat they made to look like a rat. This is a real rat. Okay. It's a real rat. All of the hair has fallen off. Of right. It's quiet. a big rat. It's a big rat. That
2: would be very creeped yeah. out if yeah. I saw
1: that. Okay. So it's a, it's a rat and they stuffed it. If you, if you, if you look in the, in the butt area, <laughs> you see that this it is has an interesting tie-in to yeah. this <laughs> previous conversation. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, isn't yeah. it? Um, it's purely <laughs> coincidental. Um, but anyway, uh, that's a trigger and it's stuffed in his butt and what they did is they would take these and 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 take C4 and stuff it inside of the rat and then they would put the trigger in there and then they would throw them in the coal bins so when the guys were shoveling the coals coal into the big burners that were running these factories the C4 would explode and it took them a while what what was causing these things to explode and they finally figured out I found a dead rat that had explosive in it. Now, this this was, they came up with this rat. Um, the guy who came up with it is the, is the inspiration for the uh, James Bond guy that plays Q, the guy who's coming up with all of the weird devices, okay? Now, when the Germans, it didn't blow up as much, it didn't do as much damage to the uh, factories as much as it just stressed and, pushed the uh, limits of the soldiers because they all went out looking for dead rats. And so they had to, t- they had to uh, take a lot of soldiers off of the line looking for the underground, trying to fight, you know, uh, the allies, and had them look and start doing searches for dead rats. Well, Q, as he wasn't known then, um, Q decides, okay, so they got the rats. What we need to do is we need to take coal— and we need to take, like, little briquettes. We need to cut them open, fill those with C-4, and then throw those in. So they'll be looking for rats, but they're actually shoveling the C-4 explosives into the furnace anyway. And they will have no idea what's going on.
2: And then they probably were, you know, hammering the soldiers who were missing the rats, right? Like, they're, yes. the management is... Uh... The upper echelon yeah. is pissed off at the workers who can't find the rats when there's no longer about rats. Isn't that cool? It's great. I mean, you I, know, that thing. But this is like one thing a... that
1: Tanya's like, OK, no, 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 I don't want this in the house.
2: Yeah, a, a dead rat? Yeah. Yeah, no, I okay. I, I honestly looking but at you it, can't I feel like there's a, a third of a it's creepy, maybe a 33 percent chance or so that it just gets up and starts running at me. Yeah, it's
1: crazy. OK, it's really creepy. OK, so talking about just being a collector of stuff. All right. This, this is just a little like, what does this, uh, describe what you think this looks like or what it is. It
2: looks almost like a little money clip.
1: Okay, yeah. And it says US on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not a money clip. It's made to do this. Okay. You know what that is? You know what this was used for? A clicker, right? I, I think I may have heard of this story. Okay. So this was, and D-Day, we gave all of our guys when we would drop them behind lines, we would drop, we would drop them with this. And instead of saying, you know, Babe Ruth, baseball, um, to identify, uh, to identify, on side. you would just, if you heard something, you would do that. And then the other person had to do that. Okay. You knew your friends. The problem with this idea was this, Sounds exactly like a gun cocking. So you would do this, and the Germans would cock their weapon, and you'd go, oh, good, guys, boom, and they'd shoot us wow so this didn't last very i mean look i mean it's marked u.s and everything we made it didn't it didn't work very well it looks well.
2: surprisingly new for something that survived world war ii it's like in really yeah probably used once yeah. <laughs> probably yeah
1: used once unfortunately so the rat wow. was a better idea
2: i think anytime you can put explosives in rats it's a good idea just generally sp- i'm speaking in generalities here but i mean i think typically
1: it's, it's about pretty- angelina jolie isn't it
2: well, that did happen uh, in the documentary movie, of course. Yeah. Wanted, uh, with right. Angelina Jolie, a classic film.
1: I don't think anybody saw that, and I don't did, think anything that Angelina it. Jolie was in is a classic. I don't. Oh, think Oh, I
2: totally disagree
1: with this analysis.
2: I mean, you don't want to get on that. You don't want to go down that road for sure.
1: But I mean, I will say, it did... I, I will tell you this: Tomb Raider, you know, comes out, and I said, Rafe, have you seen the new? Have you seen the old Tomb Raider? And he said, No. And I played the promo for him. And he's like, "That looks horrible." (laughs) I, I almost, I almost took him to the doctor because I was, it was like, "Of course it does," but look at her. You're thirteen, man. Look at her.
2: By the way, wanted with Angelina Jolie, one hundred and thirty-four million dollars in two thousand eight. And another two hundred six worldwide, three hundred forty one million dollars that movie made. And it had exploding rats. It had explo- a whole scene see, about uh, exploding rats. I have. Well, to- it's very, very much not appropriate okay. for children. Was uh, it or me? Or uh, was it
1: based on this? On these? Yes, yeah,
2: supposedly it was. It's not exactly the exact same thing, but yeah, they use. They, they, he, I, if I remember the story right, they had wanted to flood the enemy fortress, or yeah, you know, yeah. and so they they released, like thousands of rats to come in, and they all started exploding. Uh, um, but yeah, Morgan Freeman was in it. James McAvoy and Angelina Jolie. Quality film.
1: Do you get royalties for... I do. I I am a creator. All right. We need to build a culture of preparedness. That doesn't come from me. That comes from FEMA. Uh, Brock Long said that America needed a culture of preparedness if we were going to survive what comes next. All right. Whether that's hurricanes, wildfires, something without warning like an earthquake or power grid attack. Did you read today about China? Uh, the pentagon uh, thinks that china may have a kill switch for our military equipment okay guys let ju- let's not leak that out okay if you're worried about it then just then freak out about it but do it quietly that's not helpful we got enough to worry about anyway how do you prepare the best time to prepare is before an emergency strikes my patriot supply has a really unique survival food kit to get you started they have helped millions of people get started with their food preparation. They've helped me with my food preparation because it's really, it, it seems daunting and it's hard, but it's not with my Patriot Supply. And this week you can get their four-week emergency food supply for only $99. You can call 1-800-200-7163. they are waiting for you right now. It's $99 for four weeks of food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner preparewithglenn.com is the is the uh, web address. Go there now. It's this week only the kit's going to be shipped free to your door only $99. Prepare. Preparewithglenn.com 800-271-63 this week only 4 week emergency food supply $99. 100-271-63 preparewithglenn.com
0: Glenn Beck Mercury Land back.
1: I don't know if this happened at your Easter dinner table, but uh, at mine, we we spoke about the Christians in the Middle East, and we talked about um, how shallow our faith is here. At least I, I can't speak for you, but um, you know how many of us would really actually face prison or or execution beheading for our faith. How many of us would do that? How many of us would put our family at risk for that? We might we might practice in the home, but never be outspoken. I want to tell you about a, a group of uh, Christians. There were 95 Christians. They were in Iran, and they were part of the underground church, which meant for sure imprisonment, but most likely public execution. Uh, They escaped Iran, but they need your help. And I want to tell you the story about these remarkable people and what they face. Something is going on, and we don't know what it is, but something is going on, and we really need your help. Mike Pence is on this, as is the Nazarene Fund. We'll talk about it next.
0: Glenn Beck, Mercury. You're listening to the Glenn Beck program.
1: Last weekend, we celebrated Easter as Christians, Jews marked Passover. Commemorating the exodus uh, of the ancient Israelites and their freedom from captivity and enslavement in Egypt and Easter is the escape of man from death. But there is one group of Christians who, just like the ancient uh, children of Israel, fled persecution. They're unsure of their fate, wondering if they would would make it. They're now wondering if they're going to be returned to the very country that seeks to hold them in bondage and we don't know the answer to this story right now as we speak there are 95 iranian christian refugees living in austria they escaped persecution in iran they um were granted asylum in the united states were given provisional approval by the u.s government in 2017 but last month their um uh their asylum was rejected for some reason So now the Austrian government is threatening to deport them back to Iran. And no one in Austria or the U.S. government has explained why this is happening. Mike Pence is on this. These Christians were members of the underground churches while they were in Iran. So these are the people that were practicing their faith in secret, and they were bringing people together in secret, just like the early Christians did in the Roman persecutions. You couldn't announce your faith because you would be persecuted and prosecuted but it's worse for these guys now because they escaped they're known to be people that were running the underground church and if they're returned they face certain imprisonment persecution and possibly death it's going on right now and this is very very serious for these 95 christians again It's reported that Mike Pence and various members of Congress are working to rectify this and bring them to the U.S., but nobody can confirm who's responsible for this, what, why the change in position. But it is going to end up in 95 dead Christians if we don't change it. The Nazarene Fund is trying to help. We have countries that we are contacting, trying to open the door for them these guys are not alone. There are others that we are that are still trying to get out and trying to find homes. Um Australia has been exceptional with these Christians. But there is a um, a a whole bunch of these people who will be dead if they return. And so we are reaching out to our uh, multiple sources in different countries, churches, politicians in multiple countries. Pastors priests NGOs, everybody we are burning up the phone lines and we've been doing it all weekend and I need a couple of things from you Please pray for these 95 Christians that something opens up for them So they don't go back to Iran where they face certain death Two, if you're not involved in the Nazarene fund I ask that you you help us with the Nazarene fund Um because there's a lot of people that are left. We also have some news. we've just we've closed down a uh, an organ uh, harvesting facility. We'll give you more on this. It is worse than we thought it was, bigger than we thought it was, but we believe that we can we can break the neck on this, but we need your help. even if it's five dollars, please pledge to help these Christians and Christians like them in the Middle East get them to safety the nazarenefund.org it's the nazarenefund.org we'll keep you informed
3: uh, as this story Develops, but please say a prayer for them.
1: Welcome to the program, Mr.
3: Pat Gray. How are you, sir? I'm good. That's the first organ harvesting talk I've heard since the Christmas party. Um, so <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. good. Thank yeah. you. Well, uh-huh. I, you
1: know, I try to, you know, spice things up a little bit. You know,
3: it's Easter. We did it at Christmas. It's time for
1: Easter. And now Easter, Easter. Yeah, sure. You know, so, yeah. yeah, that's good. So every high hol-
3: holy holiday. We well, I don't know ahead. if you know
1: this, but that's why all of the Easter bunnies that are made
3: of <laughs> chocolate are hollow,
1: because their oh. organs had been harvested. I My didn't God. know that. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that at all. That yeah, explains yeah, a yeah. lot.
3: Yeah. Explains a lot. Yeah. So I uh, is anybody else really irritated with this uh, boycott of Laura Ingram show? Yes. <clears throat> I'm just really, I mean, over nothing nothing over absolutely nothing nothing the word wine mm-hmm. is the only thing even approaching anything mm-hmm. uh, she didn't mock him she didn't no. she didn't attack him did you notice that
1: he said yesterday that mm-hmm. he is also uh he's mm-hmm. he's not being used by anybody he doesn't have anybody behind him this is all him yeah this is all him yeah oh dude nonsense man. come on are you really that stupid uh, are you you no, have he no better. help sure you have
3: no help with that uh, he, nobody's we'll move on uh, is openly yes. helping him, correct? And I think so. he knows that, he,
2: but also he probably is aware that he <clears throat> it looks better for him if it's a grassroots yes. movement. Sure if it is. comes off as yes. just the typical left wing movement, which we right. all know it is, right? Uh, you know, it's it's not going to have as effectiveness.
3: I, I was happy to see the Fox statement yesterday, though. We cannot and will not allow voices to be censored by agenda driven intimidation efforts. Look forward to having Lori Ingram back hosting her program next Monday. When she returns from spring vacation, with they never did that for us. Never did that. Never no, did that. Fact, for they, us. Uh, what never. did
2: they do? They they leaked information saying we weren't going on vacation, right? Uh, they tried to allegedly make- uh, and uh, tried to uh, make it look like mm-hmm. they actually had suspended us when we had yes. email correspondence with them, that's right,
1: Stu? But that's because we wouldn't be under their thumb, uh, and uh, and they were coming up to a, a negotiation. Yeah, stunningly, they
2: wanted to get into a more advantageous position. How'd that work out? It did not work out. didn't work out real well. Mm -hmm. Which Which propagates
3: this kind of stuff. Later in the article, it says, Fox News executives will not comment beyond the statement. But privately, they believe Ingram's offense does not approach the issues that brought down host Bill O'Reilly or Glenn Beck who both lost their shows after advertisers pulled out. Beck was <laughs> fired after advertisers oh fled God. his oh, show in response that. to a number of wildly extreme statements he made. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Including, what was it including, a wildly? including mm-hmm. okay, here's the one they oh, mentioned, because it is I, the most I, I, wildly extreme uh, thing. Right. Yeah. Including, can you guess, yes. former President but, Obama was a racist. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now I remember. I, I remember racist.
1: saying. Oh, wait, I remember saying. If I if I I could be wrong, but it, <laughs> it would clarify my memory here. I believe I said. <clears throat> I, I don't think that
3: he's a racist. I think he just has a deep seated hatred for the white culture. And during the discussion, you said, "I I don't know what he is. I mean, I think he might." But you were just kind of musing aloud. Yeah, and, and you said and, it several different
1: ways. And I was I was questioning what was happening because he was making statements in his own book like that's the way white people will do you.
3: Well, yeah. what does that
1: mean exactly? What does that make you? Imagine Donald Trump saying, "Well, that's just the way black people will do you."
3: Um, that And beyond is, they, beyond might, they beyond might notice
1: was, that in the media.
3: Beyond what was, what he was saying in his book, he had just recently made this statement. The point I was making was not that my grandmother uh, harbors mm. any racial animosity. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right. But she is a mm. Uh, typical white person.
1: Typical white person. Oh.
3: Huh. Uh, uh, you know, you if, know, if she, she sees somebody on the street who should, that she doesn't, doesn't know, know, you know, there's a reaction that's it's been bred into Bred into her. <laughs> okay. Our experience. Okay. So, right, stop. So, anyone who, gen- I mean, anybody who generalized an entire race like that of people as being typical anything with something bred into them would have been excoriated as a racist. mm uh-huh. But, if it was anyone other than Barack Obama, they would have been a racist who was drummed out of their position. And yet it is now nine years later, nine years after the comment on Fox. And they're still bringing it up. Well still bringing yeah, it yeah, up. But you, but you know, know what? what Can I tell this? you in
2: the context here, which is that it is in all circumstances wrong to call the president of the united states a racist <laughs> the media would never right. do that they would never accuse <laughs> right. a sitting president
3: of such a thing even if and you're wondering and musing about it and you're just trying no, to figure it and out they certainly you, can, you can't wouldn't even do let's say it.
2: thousands of hours of television designated and based solely on proving the point that the president is a racist they, mm. they
1: definitely wouldn't do mm-hmm. that well They uh, we know that they definitely won't even ask the question because they said even the question. Oh, he's just asking the
3: question. Yeah, the question made you the racist.
1: Yes, right. So that we know that they wouldn't even ask the question, let alone make the statement if it wasn't for the last year and a half where they have been doing that to uh, Donald Trump. And they've been doing it because they feel they're right. See, this is the secret of our republic. You might think you're right, but you might be wrong. The other side might think they're right, but they may be wrong. You both have the right to question, especially your government. Mm -hmm. It is the First Amendment right. It is not our right. It is our duty Mm -hmm. to question. But what we're living in now is a world where Depending on who's in office, the other side can't question.
2: I mean, it's true. Look at Sinclair, right? CNN says apples and bananas will tell you the truth. Uh, truth is important, and that's perfectly okay. In fact, praised Sinclair, who they see as someone associated with Don't Trump uh, and or, or, or a right wing view of the world, says the same thing. Says has their anchors say the same thing that the CNN commercial says, mm-hmm. and it's evil.
1: Uh, You know, this is did you did you see that um, they said that it was uh, absolutely fascistic and that no other network would even consider thing was fascistic and there was no way any network would have ever done that. Any other network. Right. Uh, CNN is doing just did it. And they said they're doing damage because they are questioning the credibility of the media. What the hell is the fake news stuff about?
2: Yeah, what's apples and
1: bananas? Right. right? What is that about? Exactly. But as you point out, they like the point
2: made by CNN because that Mm -hmm. is in their worldview. They don't like it when made by Sinclair. You know, the same thing. Hey, we've got a bunch of anchors over a bunch of networks reading this promo about fake news. Well, they see that as something associated with Trump. They don't like it. Yes. So that's bad. The CNN thing was anti-Trump. When NBC does Green Week and they have a bunch of anchors and actors acting out in in, in the the office in an episode about uh, recycled paper. When that was going on.
1: Well, everyone at NBC Universal, including the theme park, was required. Required. An edict from above. Mm -hmm. That wasn't bad because they agree with that point. They like that point. That's why (laughs) that's why the First Amendment. That's why you must defend free speech when you despise it, because they have a right to do that. They have a right to say that, just like Sinclair has a right to do that. And you have a right to disagree. Now, shut up. Both of you shut up with the I've got to I've got to boycott and get them off the air. No, both sides have a right to say this. Yeah. You have a right to not listen.
3: At, at least it used to be that way in America. But as we've seen the last few years, just not America anymore. No, they've it's just not.
1: It's almost like they've gutted our constitution and harvested its
3: organs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, Whoa. yeah, Is it? yeah. Wow. Wow. wow.
4: Was
3: that, huh? I Is there another <laughs> high holy day coming up? <laughs>
1: that one was for Passover. Oh. I covered it for Easter. I was covering it for Passover there, too. <laughs> all right. Um, refinancing your mortgage. I don't want another 30-year mortgage. I don't want to refinance. That's all right. American financing can help when refinancing to eliminate mortgage insurance lower your rate or consolidate your high interest debt. You don't have to worry about resettling your loan and resetting it for 30 years. American financing, they offer 9, 13, 18 year loans. I mean, pretty much anything that you need. It's a custom loan. You choose the term based on your budget, and they're going to find the most competitive interest rate. It's a mortgage your way. What a surprise. If Burger King can do it, surely they can do it, right? yes they can at american financing plus with a fixed rate as the interest rate goes higher your your loan your um, uh monthly payment stays exactly the same takes one call to the salary base mortgage consultants they work for you not the banks They'll guide you through the options, and they will customize the right program to achieve your financial goals. They even may get you closed in as fast as 10 days. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or online at AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS, 182334,
0: www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck mercury glenn Beck. you
1: believe that it's 70 years the uh the state of israel was founded 70 years it's their 70th uh birthday coming up uh and on april 26th uh we're having a dinner here at the mercury studios um the uh I, I think it's the how, how how did I just say that Hayovel um, uh, organization is putting it on. It's H A Y O V E L. You can find out information on it on at hayovel dot com slash Israel seventy. Um, but um, it's going to be a dinner, full kosher, uh, five star. Um, they have music, uh, all kinds of different things. We're going to be we're going to be really celebrating the, the miraculous birth of this nation and what that nation has done uh, and its future. Uh, and I am the keynote uh, speaker, and I'm proud to host it here in our studios. We don't do that very often, but we thought for Israel it would be a nice thing. If you would like to join us, it is April 26th, and you can get your uh, tickets uh, at H uh, A Y O V E L dot com slash Israel seventy. So, do you, do you have your tree up yet for Seven yet? No I,
2: no, I do not. I do not. I I'm, do not. I'm still getting used to. I'm getting excited for my new ultra marathon we'll be doing soon.
1: Your ultra marathon. Yeah, your, I,
2: I know. I know you've been following the phenomenal rise of the ultra marathon lately.
1: Oh my gosh! Including <laughs> yeah, this exactly. one.
2: This is probably the one I'm going to do. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, the it's iconic. Uh, it's one of the most iconic ultras. Mm. To use, they use the lingo of, yeah. the, of the world I'm in. Sure, <laughs> um, it's it goes across the Sahara Desert, uh, and it's running for 156 huh. miles, huh. Um, which is what huh. I'm, I'm getting trained for. as yeah, you I like probably to see by my appearance. Yeah,
1: I like to, I like to go a little longer than that for me. The good um, thing
2: though is it's uh, you only have to pay 4,250 pounds. Oh. Um,
1: to to enter
2: You mean So like $6,000 5000 Oh
1: okay Not actual pounds No Okay You'll lose I, that uh, much Yeah You know I have another marathon coming up You'll be interested in All 32 flavors At Baskin-Robbins <laughs> Wow <Lake City. laughs> yeah. Amazing yeah, That's ultra Yeah
3: right.